That's right. That's right. Are we insane to say? Praise God. Glory. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It's good to see you free from Nimrod. Hallelujah. Glory. In the name of Jesus. The only name that frees us, you know. Have a drink. This is the cup of the new covenant. You guys believe the new covenant is a cup? You believe the Bible? This is the cup of the new covenant. And then Jesus said, intellectually figure it out with your brain. So you could be freaking Pharisees. No, it's not what he taught. That's what Satan teaches in false Christianity everywhere. He says, drink it. The Lord said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it. Drink it. Do you know how to drink it? Sometimes we just need to realize we've kind of been doing something in our head and it's time to go into the heart. It's time to go into the river. It's time to go into the spirit and be done with Satan and religion and antichrist, pharisaical externalism and mental ascension, which is sorcery, and get into the cross. The cross crucifies the soul so you can get into the spirit in his control. Amen. And so I have this one song that I want to play. And toke the ghost and drink the godka and set your brain on fire in the glory so that your mind is renewed to the flow of divine intelligence. You're an infant in Christ until your mind is controlled by the river of life in divine intelligence. And so an infant in Christ still uses the animal. A mature one in Christ doesn't use the animal at all. The animal's dead and keeps it dead as a priest by the altar of God in the heart. And so we're learning how to transfer intelligence, animal, infant in Christ, soul, to mature one in Christ, spirit. The mind of Christ is spirit. The second Adam's a life-giving spirit, which means the flesh counts for nothing. Red letters, John chapter 6. But when you're young in the Lord, you don't have anything else to work with. And so you can only work in your brain. And you don't mean to. So grace abounds as long as you're making progress, even if it's very slow. And people make very slow. It's the tortoise in the hare. The race does not belong to the swift, although if you're swift and sure and steady, you'll definitely win. Run the race to win the prize. But if you are steady, even at a snail pace, towards the spirit, God's favor remains on you. There's grace to get through anything, even at a very slow, baby step, baby crawl. Baby crawl ministries worldwide, international. Yeah, we're in the baby crawl glory. Yeah, we're like, oh yeah, these, we're looking at the prophets running the race, we're baby crawling the race, and if we're honest with ourselves, that's about where 99% 
of born-again, spirit-filled believers are at. And they can't acknowledge it because they're so full of Satan's pride that if they ever confess the truth, the devil would have to come out of their hearts. When you crucify the heart, you're going to watch shadows and phantoms come out of your heart. You didn't even know they're in there. They're just in the animal because it's the curse of the fall for everyone born of the flesh. Truth in you. So today, as we go down into the living water, I want you to watch for shadows coming out of your hearts. Oh, I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know. Phantoms have been my rivals. Phantoms have been your rivals. I don't have phantoms. Yes, you do. You do. And if you're not aware of them, they totally have control of your mind. <laughs> it's true. The overcoming of the world, the Bible says, is the overcoming of the fallen angels. How do we know that a person has overcome the fallen angels? They have the morning star. That's what the Bible says, Revelation 2. Those that conquered Jezebel, false religious soul light, which is pride, pride of knowledge of good, those that overcome pride or Jezebel or false light all overcome by the same light. Revelation 2, I will give them the morning star, which is the light of his glory, the light of humility. It's the light of the word of God that has crucified the heart and the brain. That's what's going to rise in this place tonight. That's what's going to cancel out all the night. That's what's going to remove from your minds the cobwebs and the blight. And you will take heavenly flight in the glory. Amen. <laughs> oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, I shot Some of you need to renounce well, non-drinking <laughs> ministries. You need to renounce the whore of Babylon. Uh, Divorce satanic Christian knowledge in your brain. Don't smoke something to make you feel like that. Only Jesus can get you feeling like that, man. Then you get drunk for the first time. It's Holy Ghost, you <laughs> Drunkenness Emerald. is the marriage Shukie. supper Yahweh. of the Lamb. Cheska. Cheska In a hey. Jewish wedding, hey. what Yeshua. comes forth Cheka is intoxicating Yahweh. new wine. Evidence that you're in the glory. Drunken love. <laughs> Drunk on love. Drunk on love from above. Somebody's got to tell you the truth. (laughs) 
that it feels like my skin peeling off my skull. That's the kind of glory I enjoy. It's a nice day in the holy of holy. Holy! <laughs> Last night, after Joel's bar, Ron Cannoli, my old favorite worship leader, we used to listen to Ron Cannoli and Teen Challenge all the time. Man, that stuff's anointed. Anointing fall on me. <laughs> Going up to the high places. Somebody's got to do it. In spirit and in truth. Amen. And there is a remnant that is doing it. And this is the cleanest and clearest I've ever felt the second heavens in my entire life today. It is significant. Two things the Spirit of God wants to say to you at the first. King Philip's reign will be short. And you need to identify as a greater king than the nonsense in Europe. Two important things from God, just taking care of business. Those two things, put them in your spirit as treasure. It's the spirit, it's the confirmed prophetic word of God. King Philip's reign will be short, and you will be the true monarchy. Quickly. God is not going to delay in this day. The only reason why he's tarried is waiting on us to mature. We haven't matured. I mean, 
We've barely gotten the adultery out of our hearts in the remnant. And I'm not talking about external in the flesh. I'm talking about internal in the thought, in the heart. The perfecting of the spirit. The perfecting of the soul. Truthinia, we need to get real. And the level of our actual spiritual stature is immediately applied to external justice and judgment. God's not waiting on anything. He's not waiting on himself. He's not looking at the enemy. He doesn't care what the enemy's doing. He'll shut that down as soon as you grow up. We try to grow up in our soul and just become more like the devil every day. We need to grow up in our spirit. Truth anyhow. We can't grow up in the goat and expect God to move. Sorcery. Kill the goat. Have fun with your friends. Some of you don't even have a fun with your friends Christianity. Because you never killed the goat. How we all know the tabernacle of Moses was covered in goat skins. And the whole tent of meeting covered in goat skins. So you have outer goat skins and inner goat skins and the Bible says the understanding of Moses is for wisdom. Wisdom. It's not literal because you're in the new covenant, you're in grace, you're not under the law of Moses, but you can study and understand Moses and God's ways clearly in the spirit of prophecy, in the new covenant context, understanding the soul the tent of meeting, you meet God inside the center of your soul, in your spirit as it is written, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Not your soul, with your spirit it is written. In the center is where we wage the good Christian warfare against our own goats. Step one, like the 12 steps of AA, is admitting you have a problem. We haven't even come to step one. Holy crap, the heart is totally full of adultery. The heart is totally full of murder, strife, competition, envy, Satan, pride, mostly just total pride. There's nothing good in the human heart. That's step one. Step one of becoming a disciple is acknowledging there's zero divinity in our hearts. Most Christians haven't even got into step one. We're trying to be good in the heart. You got to kill that heart in order for the Spirit of God to be realized as glory by your brain. Transformation metamorphosis, Romans 12, 2 begins in the renewing of the mind, not to soul. That's when you grow in bewitchment and deception. The renewing of the mind is by spirit only. You have one teacher and he is the Holy Spirit, Christ. Remember Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah? He was called the son of Joseph, the carpenter's son, until the Holy Ghost came on him. Then he became Jesus Christ. Truth in how it's written in the word he wasn't Jesus Christ he was Jesus son of Joseph Jesus of Nazareth then he became Jesus Christ King of Kings Lord of Lords by the anointing of the Spirit the father had not spoken over him for 30 years but after he anointed him the cloud spoke and the father said this is my son in whom I'm well pleased because the spirit remained because his heart was a cup for the anointing of the anointed one 
God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the spirit of holiness and he went around doing good, healing all who are under the power of Satan. Acts 10 declares, amen? Amen. Amen. So it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes us Christians. Exactly like Jesus, no different. The difference is we're dealing with our hearts. He had a perfect heart because he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Conception first in utero in the womb is the formation of the heart. Did you know that? First thing, when there's a flash of light, when you're conceived, your spirit comes out of heaven, out of God. Every human spirit comes out of God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you because God had you inside himself. Knowing, yada, intimacy, you came out of God as a spirit. Life begins in your eternal past because you are a spirit in God before you were formed in your mother's womb. It is written. Now, around your spirit, we get wrapped in our heart, and then out of the heart, the first thing that forms is two ears. And the ears begin to listen in the womb to the words of the atmosphere of the parents, creating the soul and the sinews and the flesh and the bones around the spirit, around the heart, and around the ears. And that's how babies are made. Amen. The birds and the bees. Tada Joel's bar today. Hallelujah. Amen. Truth anyhow. Glory. Which means if you want to transform the atmosphere, you need to change your words. Speak a better word than the words of Abel. It is written for the blood of God is speaking today. How can you speak the word of God? By drinking the cup of God only, for the word is only spoken out of the blood, the blood that speaks a better word. If you can't drink, zero chance your preaching is accurate. It'll be religious, it'll be emotional. You might touch their feelings, you might touch their hearts, you might touch their souls, but you won't touch the spirit because only the blood of Jesus and the word of God can build up the spirit. It's a miracle grow. It's miracle grow. The spirit is a miracle. The Bible says in Isaiah that Israel is a sign and wonder. You know, Israel means child of God prince with God, son of God. To be a child of God, you could use the Hebrew term, I'm an Israelite. We have these ideas of Jewish mysticism, Hebrew bloodlines, Hebrew roots. It's all heresy. The Israel of God is those that have a circumcised heart, Romans 2 says. Amen. Which means you're a child of God. You're the Israel of God. You are sons and daughters of God. Your spirit already bears God's image. Now you just got to burn up the animal sacrifice in the new covenant Levitical priesthood. There's Levi in Revelation. That's exciting. Moses and Aaron standing on Mount Zion with the Lamb of God playing their harps. I want to be there too in the new covenant Levi priesthood. Oh, it's the best. I like the Levitical priesthood. God trained me in all kinds of grace. God trained me in the priesthood of Melchizedek. God trained me at his very altar before his throne in heaven. And now he's releasing a greater understanding of the priesthood of the new covenant than ever before. 
It's the new covenant Levites that come forth now that will completely shake the earth. They have shaken the heavens in the invisible. Now they will shake the earth in the visible. And unbelieving and doubting religious Christians will be the first ones to get it. That's why many despise us and hate our guts and refuse to listen to the prophetic word today. Because they have been guilty of practicing the soul and not the spirit. But the Bible declares they will be the first ones to be judged by the purity of the spotless lamb. If any of these ones causes a little one, which is spirit, to stumble by their soulishness, toss them into the sea. Give them the baptism of Calvary. That's what the sea is. It's the sea of glass. You know what glass means? Somebody say it with me. No more religion. Glass means no more religion. Glass means the soul is clear. The soul has been crystallized, purified, transformed of soul. Acts 20, 32, they have the inheritance of those purified, sanctified, and transformed of soul. Crystal clear and sparkling. Sparkles. Yeah. Yeah, there's sparkles in the house. Hallelujah. <laughs> They're getting their sparkles. A lot of people, for the first time, getting gold dust, gemstone dust, signs and wonders in your Christianity. It's exciting. If you got a religious demon, you get nervous, you get scared. Usually manifest and attack and condemn the, the glory realm. I couldn't believe it in Bible college. How much pharisaical spirits would attack Benny Hinn, they attack signs and wonders. Basically, the Neanderthal religious spirit attack anything it doesn't know about. It's the, the stubbornness of the fallen angels inside Christian hearts that says, I know more than the Holy Spirit and my little Bible study in my brain. My little pea brain, the, the, the size of a, a speck of dust is smarter than the infinite intelligence of the Holy Ghost. That's how intense the pride of the fallen angel is in the human brain. We need our brains renewed desperately in this place. We need our hearts slain with the Lamb of God in this place. We need the river of life to purify our souls in this place. We want to be volunteers in the day of His power. This is the hour of the glory power. And how many y'all know the glory power only belongs to the drinkers, not the thinkers. The, the power of the thinkers is witchcraft. That's why many oppose us. Bewitchment and deception, soulishness, which is goat. It has not yet been slain to have fun inside the kingdom. They think they're in the kingdom. They're not. They're not in the kingdom. The evidence in the kingdom is joy unspeakable and full of glory. First Peter 1 Peter 1.1, it is written. Hallelujah. The experience Bible. The experience of the word. Not mere knowledge, but experience that far surpasses knowledge without experience. It is written. Now you got to be bold and courageous to go after the experience because the experience exposes how little man's soul actually knows. It exposes how foolish man's heart is. 
going after the experience gets you undone. It's not like you get smarter and better. You get dumber and drunker. You get into the devil, it'll make you smart, make you look good in front of others. It's called respectability. It's a principality. People pleasing, respectability, religious crap everywhere. The hordes of hell are marching with that demon of respectability, tempting you to look good in front of others, man. I tell you what, we need to be with King David right now. I shall become more undignified than this, which means drunker and drunker. Intoxicated on divine love, satisfied on the Holy Ghost. You know, the measure you love him is the measure your soul is satisfied on the Holy Spirit and doesn't need anything else. You go through those testings. That's the testing in the wilderness. Is the Holy Ghost enough for you? Is God, the fullness of deity in bodily form, enough for you? Or do you still need to go to the devil for kicks and giggles? For enjoyment. Amen? And so it's around. These temptations are only in the places where you enjoy the devil. There are altars to demons. In Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says they're all baptized in the Holy Ghost. They all speak in tongues. The Corinthian church spoke in tongues like wild men. But the Bible says that they were still drinking the cups of demons from the altars of demons. Which means just because you got the gifts flowing and you got a little down payment of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean there's any sanctification. You could be a total mess. You could be in full-blown adultery. You could be in total murder of your brothers and sisters, jealousy, envy, strife, just absolute terrible sins of the flesh. Remember the Bible says that the weeds and the wheat grow up together? We always say that's an external thing of all or nothing because we're Greek-minded. But in the Hebrew, it's in measurements. It's not all or nothing. It's spirit growing up and some stuff in the soul growing up and it comes harvest time that the angels that are here now and released upon you now will go forth and pull up and uproot and pluck out of every heart and mind that which causes offense which offends the Holy Ghost not the religious demon that's offended by joy and freedom you know screw the religious demon judgment upon the religious demon poverty demon judged Religious demon judged. Antichrist, people pleasing spirit judged. Amen. That's Satan. We don't tolerate Satan in our Christianity. Some people do. That's the only way you get big numbers. Don't care about big numbers. I care about the big measurement of the angel's rod measuring how much I've pleased God with the words of my mouth that are my judges. Your judges will be the words of your mouth that is written. And these words of your mouth can create an atmosphere around you that is the Father's throne. You're carrying the ark like the priests of old. Put my shoulder to that pole and carry the golden ark of might. The white dove resting on the shoulder. It's the soul carrying the throne of God the Father on earth as it is in heaven, which is the new covenant Levitical job. And you are all Levites. All 12 tribes, all 12 stones are imparted in Christ in you. The hope of realizing that glory. You have Jesus, which is the fullness of deity. You didn't get an impartation of some partial thing. You got the full genetics of God that's written in 1 John. You are born again of the incorruptible genes of God that cannot sin. Which means if you develop it in the spirit and sacrifice in the soul which is tree of knowledge burning up and tree of life growing up, then you will see 
the glory of God. It is a time now where the new covenant Levites come forth with their shoulders to the ark. The resting Holy Spirit. We're carrying the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we have fashioned our vessels. The Bible says sanctify yourself. You can't just come in here and expect others to sanctify you. You choose what you sacrifice. Don't be deceived. You have currently sacrificed the exact measure you trust God in your own souls, which is often not much. So our job in the prophetic is to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment by carrying the Holy Ghost in a greater sanctification, in a greater glory, showing and revealing that there's more of God that you know less than nothing about. You have not experienced these realms. You know nothing about them. You come to Him in humility. Me too. Together, as priests, we come before God in the crucifixion of the Lamb of God, slain with the Lamb of God, which means dead. Dead person's not there boasting about, I know a bunch of stuff. Oh, I read about that. I was in Toronto. I was on the stage on God TV at the Florida Outpouring. Don't boast about old revivals. We're in revival now. <laughs> There's a love revival now. All those previous revivals were to get into the overflow of your body as the cup of carrying the Holy Ghost and valuing this wine, not watering it down. The pagans would water down the wine and the wine of the ancient time. The Hebrews, they'd make it stronger. You know, they'd put opium in it. That's true. Yep. People have a problem with that. I'm, I'm glad you have a problem with that. Because I have a problem with your devils. <laughs> and my wine is stronger than your devils. True, And we will slaughter them into the lake of fire. Some of you be thankful after you're delivered. Be like, whoo! Colors are brighter. I haven't seen in color before. They get out of the Joel's bar and everything's brighter. They're shining on the inside. They close their eyes and there's a star in there. Yeah! It's looking at God. Bye. The bright morning star rising in your heart. 2 Peter 1.19, it is written. You need to see the star of God. Wise men followed the star. That's a type in shadow. Wise men now, they follow the bright morning star. True light has come into the world. Wickedness, which is religion, has not followed it, obeyed it at all. For they had their own light, the wandering stars. Uh-huh. Stars that have no joy in it. Stars that have no glorified personality. Stars that make you grow in selfishness. Stars that make you grow in pride. You know them by their fruit. Remember that verse? You'll know which star they're following. How many y'all know light only comes from stars? Little science lesson here today. Light only comes from stars. False light, beware that the light in you is not actually darkness. Jesus Christ said three times in the Bible. You had false light, which was religion. Remphon Saturn, which was sun, sunlight. They thought sunlight was God and religion and goodness and disobeying natural light in their brain and being naturally light, which is human goodness. The tree of knowledge is natural light. And then true light came in the world that created all lights, God of gods, light of lights. 
Spirit of Spirits, Jesus Christ. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world, he said. But I'm going away and night is coming. That's what Jesus said. Which means that you're going to have to develop the same light I'm walking in. I'll give you the seed form of it. And he did. But it took us 2,000 years to bring forth the divine genetics in man's believing spirit and get our souls and flesh in submission through all the junk of religion in the soul, the deception of the fallen angels, and the temptations of Adam and Eve. We had to go through all the same ones. Most get eaten up by that labyrinth and can't figure it out and just die confused. There's clarity once their bodies die and their spirits fly into heaven. Like, oh crap. Man, that was a mess down there. That's right. Big mess. But Jesus cleans up messes. That's what it's all about. The river washes us clean. If you stay in the Holy Ghost and you stay humble in the Holy Ghost, you stay clay in the potter's hands. Don't become some kind of know-it-all. Don't sit around for two years and put it in your brain. But you just let your brain dissolve like mush, like caterpillar metamorphosis. Remember when the worm turns into mush in the Bible? Called metamorphosis? The whole process, when you're eating the word into your spirit, it melts down your soul as mush. That's real cocooning in the glory. Broody mother hen, brooding over us to hatch as new creatures, not just down in the depths of our spirit, way down under our soul, but on the outside through the purified soul that is a worm that becomes a butterfly. Amen? Is it okay to be hard on the worm? To not crawl around like worms under the dirt, under the serpents that fell from heaven? I mean, that's what true love looks like anyhow. Somebody telling you the truth about worms. You know, the Bible calls the brain a worm, but the brain has the ability to become a butterfly if and only it's cocooned. If it's not cocooned, just forget about it. It's worm Christianity, which is the whore of Babylon, trying to finish in the soul what began in the spirit. Galatians 3, 1 through 3, it is written, practicing deception as the covenant religion reminds you of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the people called the Jews that did the same thing in the first coming. Now the Christians do the exact same thing in the second coming. Anybody awake out there? Same exact thing. Why? Because the human response to divinity has not changed in 2,000 years. You think the flesh is going to react differently now than it did 2,000 years ago? You have this wisdom of church history to not make the same mistakes, but you can only refrain from making them by direct revelation from Jesus Christ in you. Which is called realizing the glory. That you may have Ephesians 1.16, intimate revelation and wisdom knowledge from the Father of glory. So the glory of your spirit is getting fathered by intimate wisdom, not the wisdom of the world, not the philosophies of men, not Christian intellectualism, but by wisdom, Ephesians 1.16, that's called intimate. Let's get into Ephesians. That'll be fun tonight. Hallelujah. Glory in the wheelchair glory right now. Getting drunk in the glory. Yes, I love preaching drunk. In Bible college, they, we studied there were actually drunk preachers on alcohol. They would drink alcohol, get drunk, and preach. And people would say it was anointed, there were miracles and stuff. We condemn alcohol completely. You shall not drink again of this cup, it is written. 
We drink the new wine of the Holy Ghost, which is absolute holiness, perfect holiness, all day until we're totally inebriated. And drunk preaching's here to stay. You know, the drunkenness is the evidence of the marriage supper of the Lamb, that your soul is married to Christ in your spirit. Just keep drinking until it's purified, until you're whacked. This is not just for the freaks like us. This is for everyone that joins the marriage supper of the Lamb, because in Jewish wedding festivals, the first thing that comes forth is wine. So when you go into an actual marriage covenant with Jesus Christ, the first evidence is the intoxication of your soul on divine love, Song of Solomon 5.1, Shaka Shaka in Hebrew, which is the commandment to now get drunk on love. You've been wandering around in your own soul and religious spirits. You got all beat up by the night watchman in the Bible, Song of Solomon, it is written. Now, God's answer to man's religion is being annihilated on love. How do you get out of your senses? How do you not be sense-led? Sense-reason Christianity, also known as the Antichrist. Antichrist means sense and reason Christianity is Antichrist. Satan comes in the guise of Christ as Christ, which is Antichrist in sense and reason, which has deceived the whole world. How do you get out of sense and reason religious devils? Because a lot of people want to get out. They don't know how to get out. You have to drink. You have to be drunk on love. It's the throwing of the mind for the spirit to party. And we release it with wine angels upon all those thirsty at the sound of my voice. And the ones not thirsty, Lord, that are content in sense, reason, anti-Christ Christianity. Lord, get them thirsty. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Get them drunk. Let a sovereignty of wine come upon them. Let the fingers buzz like Paul Washer. I have faith for Paul Washer up there. Southern Baptist preacher condemning people that speak in tongues as heretics. You know, we're talking about some far out stuff right now. I have faith that the wine would come on Paul Washer. He's like, oh no, and he gets covered in gold. <laughs> Gemstones start falling in his meetings. You know, revival is going to look like when the overwhelming grace of the sons of God hits the religious meetings, the religious festivals. Mm-hmm. Judgment begins first in the house of God. How many of y'all know the judgment is God's goodness? Yeah. Crystal sea is a crystal sea of love. The floods of the days of Noah are floods of grace. And that's what judges religion, because religion doesn't have any of it. Doesn't have goodness, doesn't have joy, doesn't have grace, doesn't have prosperity, doesn't have nothing. Been living in the garbage dumps of Gehenna over here. It's true. But judgment, God is good. Name one seven. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Critical revelation. So since God is only good and has nothing bad in him, God is light in him, there is no darkness at all. Amen? Which means when light comes, goodness comes, heaven comes. Heaven is judging hell, but when we're ashamed, we're like Adam and Eve, covering covering ourselves with fig leaves, which is don't look at me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, you know. Isaiah with the religious spirit in Isaiah chapter 6. The shame of religion, the shame of his own pride, the shame of prophetic pride, Isaiah 6. Oh, you'll go through it too. 
It doesn't need to be painful. You can do it in your youth, so it's not painful. If you do it in your adulthood, it's painful because of so much pride. It's like circumcision in adulthood is painful. Circumcision in infancy, they don't even remember. They can't even feel pain. It's like a week later, I don't know. Barely. I don't even know I have a body. I'm in Goo Goo Gaga land, amen? Just swimming around and the glory room. It's good to be an infant in Christ. It's good to deal with these things as infants, as eight days old in the Lord. God dealt with me in these things when I was a brand new baby believer in 1999. He's like, you get into the severe things, you get into the priesthood, you get into training in the spirit, you get God inside minded. I'd be fasting and teen challenge in the year 2000, six months old in the Lord, and the spirit of God would audibly say, lay hands on your belly, and I'd feel bubbling come up from my belly. I didn't even know what it was, but I could feel the spiritual shift, so I was led by my feelings and it was feeling God more so I knew something awesome was going down in there but I didn't have revelation of all the plumbing of the temple yet it was just infancy training in God inside mindedness as a baby in the Lord 18 years old just feeling the river come through me people coming around we'd be getting drunk at Teen Challenge James Tribble OG GD from Southside Chicago who the previous year sold three million dollars in crack cocaine in Chicago, Illinois. Now he's born again, filled with the glory. He'd be telling us, he'd say, y'all need to smoke a bowl of Jesus. Y'all religious. I remember the religious demons going nuts on him in the men's program when James Tribble, 250 pound black man, started preaching smoke a bowl of Jesus. And they say, oh, I'm going to report you to the leadership. Leadership's ex-mafia. Used to send out kilos of marijuana. And they're teaching, you know, listen, man, this is Jesus people. People getting saved during the Jesus people. Rich Sherber. They'd be like, oh, man, that's glory. That's glory. We wouldn't even tolerate the religious spirit at Teen Challenge. We get persecuted from other sections of Assemblies of God churches. It's true. They would call us the garbage heap of the Assemblies of God. We were the garbage dumps of the AG. That's what they'd say about us. They'd, they'd persecute Rich. They'd persecute Brother Earl. They'd persecute us. Man, it was wild in there. It was well, You have heroin addicts, crackheads. I was a meth head. Violent gang members, murderers. People that have done maximum federal penitentiary time and maximum security prison that are now like around you in the glory and God would show up so powerfully there'd be exorcisms every day and we got to just experiment on one another in the glory of God with signs miracles and wonders it was awesome we had such a good time in teen challenge it was radical I heard that's not normal of every teen challenge. And in fact, when I left, people graduate from the program and not even speak in tongues anymore. But when I was there for 22 months, it was full-blown Pentecostal revival. There wasn't training in the wine, but the wine was accepted. We'd get so drunk on the Holy Ghost, we'd laugh on the ground, rolling around on the carpet for 45 minutes, and the leadership would be okay with it. They would never shut down anything the Spirit's doing. It was a total miraculous environment of my infancy in Christ. And I'm, those are the foundations of Red Letter Ministries. But it doesn't exist. It was like a two-year period of great grace of this cocoon to birth my spirit. As soon as I left, it was gone. The revival completely 
ended at Teen Challenge when I left. It's true. People would tell me it's true. I'm like, I would tell my stories be like, dude, I never saw one miracle while I was there. It's like, what in the world? That's all we'd see every day. Every day we'd feel the glory. The anointing be so strong. Angelic signs and wonders. I went into Bible College in 2001, North Central University, Assemblies of God, Bible College. They gave me a full ride scholarship because they saw the call of God on my life. Went in there, started studying the Bible, started getting into the pastoral studies, getting around the scholars, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. You know what, there were some wonderful professors there. It wasn't all bad. There were professors there that loved Jesus. There were some professors there that were total sense, reason, antichrist. It was the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one of the things that Brother Earl Gilchrist taught me, he says, first and foremost, you're going to have to learn in Christianity to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Because not everyone's bringing forth a pure five-course meal for your spirit. Some of it's going to be soulish religious witchcraft. And he's a former pimp that got saved from manslaughter doing 18 years in prison. And the only the real gospel could work to save his soul. So that's why there was very little tolerance for the BS. For religion. Because it doesn't work. It don't transform murderers and gangsters. You gotta be real amongst real sinners. And when you're in the real stuff, the fake stuff goes nuts. And you can't care about it manifesting. You gotta be a God pleaser. What's transforming me is the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost don't care what Satan thinks. Holy Ghost is Lord. Who is the Lord? 2 Corinthians 3.18 The Spirit is the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom and abundant life. In the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is more childlike than all the children of the earth combined. You know what the Holy Ghost wants to do? He wants to purify your soul to have pure fun in heaven. If you're on earth, you ain't going to have fun. Older prodigal son, Luke 15, he didn't know how to have fun. He believed every word in the Bible in sense and reason carnality. But he manifested like crazy at a demonstration of grace as someone that got to have fun with God. He said, why didn't you beat him? This son of yours who squandered your wealth on prostitutes comes home and you throw a party for him? You never even killed a goat so I could have fun with my friends. That's the religious spirit. Saul causing his armies to march on empty stomachs. No fun, seriousness all the time, total demon-possessed anti-Christ Christians everywhere, and you tolerate his holiness, you honor the devil. Repent and get into the fun. Kill the goat, have fun with your friends. Stop honoring the demonic. Stop honoring the Illuminati, too. Come on, man. What are you doing? 13 crown families, Illuminati, Christians. You know, the false prophet, this is something going around. We just honor the mature ones in RLM that are speaking the truth right now. We got leaders rising up in the spirit all over the place in this ministry, and it's encouraging everywhere. And they're saying, the false prophet has never been more exposed right now with all their false prophetic stuff and the reaction to Queen Elizabeth dying. It's separating the white reptilian, knowledge of good, false Christians, whore of Babylon, servants of the devil, bewitched, external, deceived, and the true prophetic that's in the river of life, 
in the spirit of Elijah. How many of y'all know the only prophetic there's ever been has been in the spirit and power of Elijah? John the Baptist was called the Elijah that was to come. You think it's only John the Baptist? Anyone in the river, anyone who allows the river to speak through them is practicing the perfect prophetic. You shall all prophesy. I wish that all my people were prophets, the Bible says. Amen. Which means to accurately speak the truth from the spirit without the soulish garbage. Without soulish mixture. Come on now. Without the heart and the river Nile of human blood, which is animal blood, speaking the word, pretending it's from God. That's what Jezebel is. She calls herself a prophetess claiming to be inspired. The claim of inspiration. It's man. What it symbolizes, let me teach now. What it symbolizes is man in, its, in his own blood with the Christian stuff on man claiming inspiration in their hearts. That's what the false prophetic is. She claims to be inspired. She represents soul, the soul claiming hearing from God. The soulish prophetics are the false prophetics of Satan. And the Bible says there'll be lying signs and wonders hiding of its lying because they don't find God in their own spirit. Lying means deceiving you to never discover Christ in you and never realize the glory. You'd be around the false prophetic your whole life and still be bewitched God outside minded. Truth anyhow. That's the evidence that you are in the enemy's Christianity. The enemy's soulish, charismatic, Pentecostal, anti-Christ spirituality, which we have accepted everywhere as God, but we're still totally bewitched. We gotta crucify our hearts this hour and go into our spirit. There we'll find peace with God. The God of peace in you. What does the Bible say? Those whose brains are controlled by the spirit have peace with God, Romans 8. Which means if the mind is not controlled by Christ in the spirit, you're not at peace with God. You're at peace with Satan. Peace with the enemy. There's an external peace of people pleasing where the devil leaves you alone because you come into contract by submitting to the persons of the wicked, which are shadows and phantoms of fallen angels, which you get tempted to do after you're born again. And most don't understand and they just go that route because all their bad spiritual leaders went that route years ago. And that's what our whole horror Babylon Christianity looks like. Truth anyhow. We love you so much, we'll literally tell you the truth. Now, a spiritual remnant that don't care about tradition that nullifies the power of the word, that care about pleasing the childlike Holy Ghost, to have fun in the river of the Holy Ghost, to rise and flood all of man's Christianity, to destroy all the works of the devil everywhere, they're going to rise in the spirit, and they're going to look wild. They're going to look unchurched because the river gets the church out of you. The river gets the religion out of you. That's why people leave the river because, oh man, I don't know about that. I really thought that was good in God. No, it's not. Let the river flow. You got to get out of your soul. You got to let the spirit control your mind for a greater peace, which is the demonstration of the kingdom of heaven coming down like a scroll. The heavenly Jerusalem city of peace, New Jerusalem is a realm where the mind is at peace or in Jerusalem city of peace fully controlled by the river how do we ascend supernaturally in the resurrection from the dead to become the sons of God as it's written in Luke 20 by getting into the river and letting the river get into our mind 
You can't ascend in Christ. You can't overcome the realm of the dead. You'll never overcome nothing until you start to give your brain to the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ said, I'll send to you another Savior. Jesus is not the only Savior. That's not biblical. The Holy Ghost is the other Savior. John 15, it is written, unless the Holy Ghost has control of your mind, what does the Bible say? Great Apostle Paul, those that are thought-led are following Satan. It's written in the Word. Those that are led by their thoughts and their brains are the followers of angels of light. That is the main thing wrong in this Laodicean Church of America. We've been thought-led. E.W. Kenyon called it sense and reason Christianity, <laughs> which is technon, which is blasphemy. It's the beast in control. We put beasts in places of leadership. You know, you could be a tame beast. You know what tame beast is? Flesh rulership. And it looks like God, it sounds like God, but it's Satan every time. How many of y'all know man can't be God? You'll never be God. You'll have to always yield to God's greatness. You can be in union by yielding, but you're not going to be God. There will be a submission to God. There will be an obedience to God, a serving of God. This life, you make decisions. Whom will you serve? Choose this day whom you'll serve. It is written. Will you serve God or serve self? And by serving self, you serve all the fallen angels. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not in some bewitchment, not in externalism. Colossians 2 condemns that as the devil but in true God inside mindedness in spirit and in truth, we will serve the Lord in his river. We will serve the Lord in freedom. We will serve the Lord in abundant life. You know, abundance means a lot. Is it, that you have more than enough. Is there abundance in your life? You need the abundance. I have come that you would have freedom and abundant life. Oftentimes, Jesus hasn't even come into that person's soul because of so much sense reason. That's why there's no abundance. That's why the highest level of poverty in America is in the Bible Belt amongst believers. Why is it this way? I tell you why. The religious spirit has duped us in the soul realm, and we need a fresh baptism into the spirit realm of the Holy Ghost. A lot of spirits out there saying they're the Holy Ghost. How will I know which spirit is God? Discernment, discernment of spirits, which is the wisdom you know by the fruit. If it's the spirit of Jesus Christ, it'll have abundant joy. It'll have patience with animals. Even though the animals are always irritating and wrong about everything and their stupid brains. Stupid, idiotic, bewitched brains. That's what the Bible says. You idiotic Galatians who has bewitched you. And to be harsh and cruel on the animal is to be mean to the devil. Which is true agape love for your spirit to take over your flesh. Because we literally like you and love you and want you to overcome the world. Which is overcome your own hearts. You only overcome the world by overcoming your own heart. And His grace is sufficient for you. But it will require your humility going down and dealing with the junk that mommy and daddy gave you in your bloodlines. 
And it's usually some ugly stuff you don't want to deal with. It's easier just to put band-aids on it and practice sensorism like I have it all together. We know you're a mess. We know you're a mess because the leaders are a mess. A messianic mess. You get messed up in the messianic, you become a Holy Ghost mess. Like born in a manger. There's perfection in a mess of animals everywhere. God does not care. But look at the priesthood of the Levites in the Old Testament. Do you know how many animals they sacrificed? You think it was clean? It cleaned it every day for the next morning. But every day, it become the biggest mess of animal slaughter you could ever imagine. Blood, guts, the stuff inside the animal's stomachs that it ate yesterday, coming out, running everywhere, splattering the priests. If you want it clean and proper, you have to get into the devil's Christianity. Real Christianity is a mess. A great and glorious mess. It's likened to childbirth, which is blood, fire, billows of smoke, amen? <laughs> of the burning of the umbilical cord. Amen. Of the burning of the silver cord. No silver cord in the new covenant. That's old covenant. Because now we have the river. The river is your silver cord in the New Testament. Out of your belly. Where's your belly? Silver cord. Umbilical cord. First in the natural umbilical, then in the spiritual. Silver. Silver waters, which is the river waters of the Holy Ghost, crystal clear and sparkling. Out of your belly will flow rivers. Come on now out of your belly for the drinker and not the thinker will flow heaven on earth you can flood everything and everyone and what does it look like something different than your brain expected the brain's always wrong i've never seen the brain right once the spirit's right you have an unction from the holy one who knows all things the anointing is always right the anointing will play tricks on the mind the anointing will purposely not tell the mind things that it thinks it needs to know Oh, why don't you explain it to me? Why you make it so hard? Because you're a devil. That's why I don't teach demons the gospel. The irredeemable part of you doesn't need this information. You want knowledge in your brain so that the soul doesn't even need faith. God forbid I curse you. Amen. You don't want to curse people. You want them to live in mystery. Faith. Invisible. No one comes to God except through faith. If you just get all kinds of sense and reason and fill their brain with reason, stop explaining stuff to the goat nature. Require faith. Become better ministers of the gospel. Amen. Don't minister to sense and reason. Minister the cross to the animal, which is a flamethrower of the word. Just whack them with drunken joy and freedom. These people are in such bondage, it's incredible. But you have freedom. You're called to freedom. You're called to the abundant life to devour the life of poverty. And just get it out into the light. Let everything hidden in darkness be brought into light. If you're struggling in the sins of the animal, join the club. It's called get on the altar and get burnt up as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You know, you're going to feel a lot better when you bring it into the light. If you just keep it in there in self-righteousness, you're never going to feel good. You're always going to feel bad. I'm so messed up. Every animal is. Welcome to the curse of the fall. Nobody feels bad for you. The solution is the altar. There's an altar. 
Get on the altar and get burnt up. Stop being distracted by your own self and soul. It's stupid. The Bible condemns you looking at yourself. You need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him, which means when your eyes are on Jesus, your joy is like a river. When your eyes are set on Jesus, your joy is like a cloud uncontrollable laughter all the time billowing out of you because you're not looking at you if you're looking at you you're gonna end up blue if you're looking at him you'll get a big grin within and on the outside you'll beam in the sun of righteousness God wants to rise in your life like the dawn of day you know what that means joy complete and overflowing I have come Jesus Christ red letters that your joy would be perfect perfect which means fried in glory that your whole personality is infused with so much light so much grace so much salvation so much oil that you can't stop laughing or smiling by anything the devil or demons or sinners do around you the mystics of old real mystics They'd get decapitated in the first century. They'd chop them in half. They'd feed them to lions. They wouldn't ever forfeit their faith. They practiced the presence of his glory strongly. They were so whacked in the glory. There is true historical evidence that they didn't even know they were dead because they were so fried on joy. There was so much ecstasy. They'd been torn into pieces by bulls in stadiums for sport by the Caesars. That's what they did to Christians. They killed like a million of them in the first century. And they were so whacked in the joy of the Lord, they didn't even know they were in pieces all over the stadium. And then a spirit just came out of the body. And like, can't do nothing. I'm still a greater ecstasy. Now I'm a great martyr around the altar of God. And I'm going to be sitting around for the vengeance of the same joy that's going to be poured on the children of Cain, the religious people, down on earth with the final judgment. The Bible says that the martyrs cry from the altar. What do they cry for? Vengeance. What's the vengeance? God's glory eating up all the devils, the sour-minded Pharisees that murder Christ, the sour-minded religious spirit, poverty spirit, people-pleasing anti-Christ spirit that opposes the freedom and abundant life of the Holy Ghost getting massacred by the voice of the martyrs from the altar of God in the book of Revelation it is written there will be an outpouring of vengeance vengeance says the Lord vengeance is mine I repay it is written and it will be a repayment of the blood of Jesus what intoxicates us will irritate some some will get intoxicated others will be irritated most Christians that are religious are actually involved so deeply in the devil they're going to oppose it the most just like Jesus was first coming it was the covenant Jews that opposed him violently so it is today the covenant Christians oppose his second coming violently because they have constructed for themselves a Christianity in their own self-life of their souls, which is Satan and the Antichrist. That's the horror of Babylon we're bringing down now in this Christian civil war. That's what we've been waging the good Christian warfare for for 20 years in Joel's army. And you can't defeat Jesus. Christ cannot be killed a second time. We've seen many die along the way. Human beings can be killed. 
the first time. Amen? <laughs> but if you go into greater union, the bullets will miss you. The knives won't harm you. The carjacking and the gangster cannot kidnap you and murder you, cannot rape you. You will be safe and secure in Christ if he's truly formed in your spirit because you'll have dominion over their evil spirits. Multiple times in North Minneapolis have I single-handedly approached entire gangs armed with guns. And every single time it was honor and dominion over the entire gang. One time there was like 40 gangsters out in the street as I'm leaving a Bible study. It was almost 20 years ago now over here. And before I even, I don't even know if I lived in North Minneapolis, but I had some kind of Bible study over here from a friend that I knew from North Central Bible College. And as I'm leaving the Bible study, the whole street got blockaded by young gangsters. And they were carjacking, anyone came down the street. They blocked it off. I, I pulled in, you know, back then I had the payots and the beard and the Nazarite vow, and I looked like, you know, Charles Manson. I started speaking in tongues, and they it parted like the Red Sea. I looked at them, and, and it was awesome because the Holy Ghost in me ain't afraid of demons. If I wasn't in the Holy Ghost, I probably would have died. <laughs> but it was awesome. I watched the Holy Spirit part 40 gangsters who are commissioned to rob and kill and steal in North Minneapolis streets. And they parted like the Red Sea. And I looked at them and I'm praying in tongues, you know, but the intensity, I love that intensity of conflict and combat in spiritual battle and watching the victory of Christ win. You know, they were able to get my car a couple times. There's been damage done, no doubt about it. But the victory belongs to the Lord. There was always repayment and restoration and a greater wisdom and a greater authority through all opposition. It has developed our faith. Aren't you glad the devil opposes you? The Bible says if they oppose Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, they're going to oppose you. If you're not being opposed, the Bible says you're not in Jesus. If everyone accepts you as just a, a good Christian, that's the evidence you're in the devil and the Antichrist. If you are not persecuted in the USA, you are currently submitted to the religious spirit and part of the major problem in America. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not about just getting persecuted. It's about getting into the glory and destroying the works of darkness. And the darkness reacts to you getting right with God in the river. <laughs> Remember, the snakes would come down to the river and cuss John the Baptist. Why? Because he was doing damage to the religious system. They believed that he was a prophet sent from God, so they were going to him to be baptized. And John didn't have interest in all the same greed and religious control and all the millionaire upper class of the Pharisees that were the millionaire upper class, the upper echelon, like people that control all the conference systems in America and choose through their political systems who speaks in all the churches and controls all the money and influence in all the charismatic churches, which is very much like that same system. And that's the truth anyhow. It'll all melt away. You're going to have river systems. What you know in Christianity is going to change so dramatically in the coming days by a true open heavens. That what you've known even during the charismatic age in the infancy and the prophetic will be completely transformed. This is going to be like the Garden of Eden. And the ones that will speak and will rule will have the most freedom, the most childlikeness, and the least amount of sense reason, and the least amount of religion, like Elijah. Like Elijah. Elijah was so wild. 
No one could predict him. You know, Jezebel out there with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Ashira. You could predict that. You know, that's going to be in the building made by human hands. You know, that's going to meet in the temple in Jerusalem. That's going to meet on the mountaintop at the Asherah pole. Elijah, we don't know where he is. He's out running chariots. He's going from mountaintop to mountaintop. That's what freedom looks like, abundant life. Not inside the four walls, outside the control of the Jezebel religious spirit. Amen. It's going to whack the whole system. Listen, a lot of these conference people want that to come. Some of them don't. Some of them enjoy the charismatic Jezebel system. There are to total full-blown Jezebelic warlocks accepted in the charismatic church all over the place. Totally bewitched, honoring the bewitchment realm of Satan and the false prophet. Every it's everywhere. But there is a remnant in the midst of all the mess that is going to drown that system. And you'll know them by their fruit. They're the ones glowing with joy as judgment comes to the fake hypocrites in the midst of the church service. When the pastor starts manifesting and squirming on a snake and speaking in demonic tongues and his eyes roll in the back of his head and you see the whites of his eyes. Who's that? That's the head of our intercessors. Well, I think you need to get her off the intercessory prayer team. <laughs> There's horns coming out of that person's head. That's the senior pastor. <laughs> I went to this Holy Spirit conference one time. Manifested so bad. They ended up calling the sheriff's department to escort us off the premises of the Holy Spirit conference. We had the most Holy Spirit of anyone there, I could tell. Because these people were drunk in the Holy Spirit. Not being disrespectful, all these other fake charismatic flakes are bouncing beach balls around in some kind of hysteria, some kind of bewitchment. But the true Holy Spirit conference going on in the corner... People were just getting so they were in trances. They had to be carried out in stretchers. Sheriff's department escorted everyone out. That church closed, and that pastor died of cancer. That happened a while ago. I'm telling you, Bob Jones said the worst thing you do is get in Joel's army's way. He's like, get out of their way. You get in the way, you get in the way of progress of the kingdom of heaven. This is the generation predestined, foreordained to totally demolish religion. And if you've been to church, you got religion in you. If you've been to church, if you've been involved in Christianity during the church age, it's not even a question. It's a measurement amount of how much forgiveness you need from practicing the witchcraft of religion in your souls. And the living water and the wine and the oil is what's going to heal you from all the religion. Do not harm the oil and the wine because the church is going to need it. The bride's going to need it. The bride comes out of the wilderness, which is out of religion, leaning on her beloved. There's still church in us. There's still... In church, I was so surprised after coming out of the occult that the same witchcraft spirits were inside Christian churches that were in the occult amongst necromancers in Tartarus hell in Satan's throne room. Same spirits. And people can't tell the difference between a witchcraft spirit or a holy spirit. You know, that's why the beast blasphemes, because the mind is not renewed to the holy of the spirit. It's just soulish activity, goosebump activity, carnal discernment, unrighteous judgment. All of it needs to get burnt up in all of us. More, more, more.
That's what we're bringing. The animal sacrifice of our own minds, 666, and hands, which is the mark of the animal. We say, well, it's such a bad thing. No, that's the sacrifice. What gets sacrificed? Remember we read the Bible? The animal gets sacrificed. <laughs> what we haven't realized yet because of Satan is that now the head and the hand are the new covenant sacrifice, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. We're full of conspiracy theories. We're full of doctrines of men and doctrines of demons. We need the teaching of the mature priesthood of the new covenant Levites that have done this themselves through experience that have authority in the spirit, authority around the throne of God, authority with the angels, and authority at the altar to burn the animal in true agape love, which is the fire. God is love, Jesus Christ said. I have come to bring fire. Oh, so, oh man, judgment. No, love. The fire is love. Song of Solomon chapter 8. Fire that is love that is stronger than death. How do we overcome death? We actually have to get into real love because we've been into fake, soulish, religious love. Niceness. And we're nice to the Antichrist. We're nice to the Illuminati. We're honoring the devils. And we're honoring the families of devils. And Christians everywhere are participating in this absolute blasphemy. It's devil worship. We need to honor and reverence the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost hates it, you better hate it. I have hated them with perfect hatred, but I have loved righteousness with perfect love. Amen. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your fellow companions, which means there has to be a judgment towards the shadows and the practice of shadows. To be discipled by shadows in the soul is to be a son and daughter of Satan. The Bible calls them the children of the devil. Jesus called people the offspring of serpents. John the Baptist called people the offspring of devils. There's children everywhere in the guise of Christians that are sons and daughters of Satan, which is simply the development of Luciferian goodness in the soul. It's the Antichrist. It's the Illuminati. It's the illumination of religion. And we tolerate that crap in us. Burn it out. Be holy, says the Lord. Come out from amongst her and be separate, says the Lord. You have to come out of the soulishness. There's no goodness in the soul. There's no goodness in your heart. There's the goodness of God and His glory of the King of glory in your belly. Birth the Son of God and save your souls. And get messed up. Get out of the being messed up in your soul with the constant drama of demon possession and serving of the fallen angels and get messed up by the serving of the river. A glorious mess. A messianic mess. We need that messianic mess now than ever. A demonstration of freedom during this time with no rebellious mixture. No immoral mixture. No deception, just crucifixion of the soul. Crucify your carnal members, it is written. Amen. Don't tolerate the flesh leading you in any place. We need to be spirit-led. Those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. We're getting trained by the Holy Ghost. Our Father is here. I don't need to go to my Father. My Father came to me. That's true. When Jesus Christ sent the Spirit, He sent the Spirit of God the Father, the Spirit of adoption, by which we cry, Heavenly Father. That means the Spirit Himself is God the Father's Spirit. You know it's true. Now it's time to be get fully fathered by the Spirit. Become best friends with the Spirit. 
Submit to the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. Be reverent to the Spirit. Be real with the Spirit. When you mess up, talk to the Spirit. You don't need to hide anything. He's awesome. He's a perfect Father. Jesus revealed God as a perfect Father. And even if your dads give you fish and bread and don't give you snakes and rocks, and they being evil, how much more will your Father in Heaven give you the Holy Ghost, it is written. I like that in Luke. It give you the Holy Ghost. The goodness of the Father is the giving of the Spirit of God. We have an idea about the Spirit, you know, big, huge, bushy eyebrows and long, pointy figures, and I'm not good enough, so I just hide all of my lust from God, you know, and sneak out to the bars and the nightclubs and sexual morality and drugs and alcohol and, and dumb sinful activity. You know, I tell you what, you got to get real with God and realize He's good. And he's real. He's a perfect father. When the younger prodigal came back, the greatest revelation in the Bible, Luke 15, was the revelation that he's good to terrible kids. And if the kid has any inkling to return home, the goodness of the father will overwhelm the child. And then the child's desire to rebel and find pleasure in sinful areas of darkness just gets burnt out by knowing the revelation of the Father's goodness. That's what keeps us in the Father's house. The flesh will still spur up, or the soul will still be deceived, there will still be problems in the blood, but you stay in the house and you talk to the Father about it. And you talk to others who are in the Father about it, and you keep it in the light. And don't get isolated by the fallen angels, where I can't be real and wriggling around people. I can bring it all into the light. For where there is clarity, there is great light, it is written. Great light has come. <laughs> Amen. We'll just read this one verse and seal it up tonight. In the scroll, it's uh, Ephesians 1, 16 and 17. Thank you, Bible scholars, for the correction. Sometimes I get the numbers wrong. And God's not angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Just say, my Father of glory. One more time. My Father of glory. Yeah. Let's say it a third time. My Father of glory. That's right. Our Father of glory, that He may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. You know, that is, it's a key to infinite revelation. It's a key to infinite revelations of divine love which is the, the soul constantly fascinated and in awe of what's flowing up from his throne within. Kingdom of heaven within you, Luke 17, 21. So you're watching the throne and the kingdom release mysteries, insights, wisdom up into the mind. And you're living in the awe of God of the river that the Bible says flows up from your spirit and your heart 
and your bowels of compassion and your bellies and by the birthing of the Son of God the mind gets totally entranced it's a trance everyone that walked with God and, and acts deeply had trances and ecstasies ecstasis four times written in Acts which means if you're walking in the spirit the spirit is going to entrance or put the soul into ecstasies and when you're constantly entranced by realizing the river you live in constant trance you live in constant ecstasy. It is written, I will restore the fortunes of Zion for those who dream. We were like those who dream when God restored the fortunes of Zion. Like dreaming is being entranced. Like dreaming, not dreaming, not sleeping. Like dreaming, which means you're conscious, you're awake, which means ecstasies, trances. A trance or a lifestyle of ecstasy, a lifestyle of trance, is a life that the mind is always receiving. These mysteries of Ephesians 1.17, these secret secrets, these mystic mysteries, from your spirit where Christ is all the way up into your mind. In the name of Jesus Christ all the time. God is going to do such a work in the plumbing of your souls. Some of the blockages is genetic. I can see that in the blueprints of this place. Some of the blockages of these mysteries of this biblical apostolic teaching tonight, there are blockages because of the parents and the genetics of the parents. Jesus Christ said, you cannot be my disciple unless you leave your father and mother. He wasn't saying dishonor them. That's a commandment, to honor your father and mother. He was saying to honor God as your father, which gets the generational curses off of your spirit. Some of you have never broken free of the soul ties of your parents and their bloodlines, which go all the way back through all generational curses back to Adam, have not been removed off your spirit. That's why you're struggling, because you're still in human blood. Human blood is the river Nile in, in prophecy. You can't have success in the Nile. You must be in the river of life, which is lower than your heart, in your spirit. Out of your spirit flows rivers. That's what will fix you from all the generational junk. And it's not like your brain is automatically super intelligent. It's just a flood of light from within. And that light is the intelligence that's the mind of Christ. The river of life is the mind of Christ. And when it comes up and you yield to it, and constantly sacrifice everything your mom and dad has given you in the flesh and in the blood. What your Father in Heaven has given you in the Spirit will conquer that and be for you a great glory. And great grace from your Heavenly Father will be upon you all the days of your life. You'll walk in an open heavens because the God of Heaven has become your Father by the sacrifice of your mother and father. Truth anyhow, Jesus Christ in the red letters, you cannot be my disciple, which means you can't walk with me. You can hear about me and sense reason. You can go to church on Sundays, but you'll never be an intimate disciple. You'll never practice union in the glory. You'll never know the mysteries and the deep secrets of discipleship unless you get out of mother and father and make God mother and father. Then you can actually train your parents oftentimes as little children in the ways of God if they can receive it. And both my parents received it. And I was able to do that with both my parents the last 23 years. And it worked wonderfully. Came out of incredible religion and incredible rebellion. And both of them I discipled in the glory. My mom recently baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and covered in gemstone dust. Hallelujah. 
We're going from glory to glory in the discipling of all souls. Salvation for you and your house, it is written. For you and your entire house to be saved. Sometimes you cut it off for a while until you get out of all the unrighteous judgment and soulish pride. And then when Christ rises up, Christ crucified, which is unconditional love, then you can outpour it from His spirit side, risen in your hearts that pours out through everyone. Amen. Christ likes everyone. He's not even looking at how messed up they are. He's pouring water on them. And as you get into Christ, the water gets stronger. So the junk of the animal gets weaker and weaker until it can't even talk to you. Not in a bad way. It's just silenced. Your enemies will be silenced before you instead of you silenced before your enemies when Christ rises in your heart. Bob Jones called that the anointing growing to the place of torrents. You'll have rain rivers and torrents this is how the anointing comes this is how maturity comes from your spirit in your innermost being first rains well people can do all kinds of crap in the rains all the animals love rain they'll go out there playing the mud rain doesn't do anything it causes the rain to fall on just and unjust jesus christ said but now the rivers it has some force some empowerment and enforcement of divine authority in rivers rivers have current and in current it changes will. Rains don't change will. When you're young in the Lord and the rains and young in the anointing, you have rains, it doesn't change will. You can still do all kinds of dumb stuff in the rain. In the river, there is a current, but the torrent is an unstoppable movement. It's like a thousand times stronger than current, which means it forces society. That's what's going to come through the maturity of the mature ones as they rise from the dead which means spirit conquering soul. As spirit conquers soul, the anointing will grow in all of you greatly from rains, rivers, and torrents. And there will be ones ahead of you that are more mature than you that will be in torrents that you can watch and follow that will lead you into righteousness. Blessed are the teachers of righteousness, for they shall shine as the stars of the heavens forever. Daniel 12, 3, it is written. So there are great teachers of the sons of God, real anointed, sent from God, priests, apostles, special messengers, prophets, inspired preachers, evangelists, pastors. All the fivefold will come into a maturity for a while now. We have never had mature fivefold. Don't think the charismatic church has demonstrated mature fivefold. Not even close. Not even close. We love you. We're telling you the truth. It's not a dishonor. It's the truth that we are still young in the fivefold, the maturity of the fivefold will come forth now from spirit without soulish mixture. And just like it did with the apostles, they're all in their 20s, guys. You don't have to be 70 years old with gray hair to be mature. That's Satan. You just have to be mature in spirit like Jesus Christ, 33 years old. Maturity of spirit. Some of these ones at 12 will be more mature than all their teachers like Jesus at the temple. And they're only 12. Why? Because they're 12 in the spirit. Bar mitzvah, bath mitzvah, which is becoming a man and the woman, an adult in the spirit, but their body is only 12 years old. Get out of their way. They are Joel's army. Amen. Some of the youth are the most anointed. Why? Because they're predestined, foreordained. God put it into the spirit of this generation to mature in spiritual things and not junk it up with religious things in the soul realm. Some people coming out of extreme rebellion. Why? Because they could never practice religion. And that was actually a safety net. And as soon as the spiritual realm is pioneered for their spirit, they come right in and pick up their destiny scroll and run the race to win the prize in the river. 
and rebellion is done. I have found God. I found the meaning of life. I'm done with sin. I'm done with drugs, done with alcohol, done with rebellion, done with stupid. He's forgiven me the sins of my youth, it is written, and now I'm moving on past childishness to becoming a child of God. When we were younger, we did shameful things. But now that we're more mature, we do the things that please the Holy One within us. Let's read that. Amen. First Corinthians. And we'll end with that tonight. In the name of Jesus. I spoke like a child. I acted like a freaking moron. <laughs> Here it is. First Corinthians 13, 12. Let's go back to 10. But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. That's usually what holds people back from maturing. That that soulish part of you becomes voided, like deleted. Well, that should be a good thing. That's the forgiveness of sin, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. That ain't a good thing. Now that I have become a man, which is about spiritual maturity, I am done with childish ways. Let's just say it. I'm done with childish ways. Oh, please the Holy Ghost. You can just feel him like, oh, I'm going to hold you to that. I'll empower you with grace to honor that. Amen. I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. But then when perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part imperfectly but then I shall know and understand fully how many all know it's the fruit of love first Corinthians 13 this is what happens when you get into the cross and crucify your soul you will mature in the spirit and you will understand the Bible says first Corinthians 13 12 fully you'll understand fully and clearly even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. And so faith, hope, love abide, faith, conviction, and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things, hope, joyful, and confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. <laughs> these three, but the greatest of these is love. Bless you guys. Give a generous free will offering to the Lord of glory. Click the description. Be thankful for his word, for his discipleship upon your souls. Help the priests, support the priests in the ministry. That's a commandment in the scripture. If we have blessed you in spiritual things, you should bless us in financial things. It is written. 
Honor the priesthood. Sacrifice finances for the priesthood. Support and magnify your priesthood at Red Letter Ministries. In Jesus' name, and be blessed as you give. We'll see you Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Shaba. <laughs> <laughs>